Spiritual Life Center. We greet you in the name of all that is good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. Today is a joyous day. I don't know about you. It's a joyous day. It's wonderful just to be alive. It's wonderful to be with you. It's wonderful to have a music team that's playing live music. <laughs> uh, it's also wonderful to be part of a theology of joy. I always say that, you know, if your God is not a God of joy, please get another God. Because there's lots of theisms. There's lots of theologies. But we have a theology of joy that can become part of our soul because we're connected with the one presence, the one power, the one reality. We call it by many different names, God, pure spirit, the Father, Mother, God, presence. But whatever we call it, when we're in league with it, it simply takes over our life. And joy becomes the evidence of the fact that we're connected to this unalterable presence. So we celebrate today so many different things, but particularly today we celebrate Father's Day. And say happy Father's Day to all the fathers that are here and online. But I also mentioned in the early service, celebrate all the mothers who have played the role of fathers, because many have played both of them over a period of time. So we thank you for taking on that task and responsibility and showing the way and modeling possibilities. As I was thinking about what to share today, I was recalling a line from the first John when it said, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then later on it says, and the word became flesh, it became real. And of course, whenever we read any kind of scripture, any kind of holy text, whether it's the Bible, the Bhagavad Gita, the Quran, or anything of that nature, it's important that we put ourselves in the picture because it's saying something about us, our life. Because it says in the Hebrew Bible, in Genesis, the first chapter, that we're made in the image and likeness and out of this presence we call God. So we say that the living word is actually within all of us. And another way we can say that we are a composite idea. In other words, all the ideas that God is, we are. So if somebody ever asks you, who do you think you are? God's gift to the world? Your answer is yes, absolutely. No question about it. 
Because I have all the qualities of this infinite presence within me. All the qualities that God is, we are. Instrument of peace, as we were just hearing. Love, joy, abundance, perfect guidance, wisdom. And our mission, should we choose to accept it, is to bring it out. To manifest it, to demonstrate it in and as our life and in our world. You know, this part of spirituality known as truth or metaphysics is, is viewed as a, a technology or science of problem solving. And one of the chief teachings and tenets of it is the secret of demonstration. It's not just something that is kind of airy-fairy, but how can we demonstrate what we say we believe in our world? And if I were to take a poll of many folks that come to places such as Spiritual Life Center or those of similar ilk, Probably most of them came because there was some sort of challenge or problem or something that they went through. Maybe they had a problem like myself where my life collapsed. Everything around me because of my addictions and riotous living. And then it was only me in the presence of God and I didn't know anywhere else to turn. And somehow through the grace of spirit, a friend invited me to go to a place called Unity. But others may have a health challenge. Maybe there's a relationship challenge. You just went through a divorce or something like that. Or maybe you know, a loved one that was very close passed away. Or maybe they had business or financial setbacks. Or just life just was not working at that moment. And we're looking for an answered prayer, looking for some sort of demonstration. And then maybe the situation was handled. You were able to work through that, not, you know, navigate through that, get through the other side. And sometimes we think that's the answered prayer or the demonstration, but that is only the beginning of the journey. And just as we have food, it's not just for the purpose to stave off starvation. There's something bigger. And I always say, why be rich? Why be healthy? Why have any of all the things that we have if that we're not using it for a bigger purpose? We have a specific reason for being here. Because we're made in the image and likeness of this presence out of God, we have a divine appointing, a divine commission, an ordaining to be about expressing the qualities of God in our life and in our world. You know, there's a time of a story of in the Bible in which Jesus went to the festival of the Passover. He was a youngster at the time. And he had been there with his parents for about, you know, several days going through. You know, whatever they do at the Passover during that time. And, and, then, and then they was heading back home. His parents and everyone else, I guess, in the caravan, were, they had traveled for like three days. And then all of a sudden, poof, they asked, where's little Jesus? He ain't here. <laughs> so they had to go back and travel another three days. And they saw him. He was in the temple. And he was... Uh, you know, asking some incisive questions of all the rabbis and showing his precociousness. And, and his mother came up to him and said, don't you know you have sent us through a whole bunch of distress? We were so worried about you. Why did you do this? And Jesus' response was, don't you know I must be about my father's business? I must be about my father's business. And I've come to understand when we talked about the father presence, he's not talking about gender. He's talking about an aspect of God. He was talking about the yang aspect of God, where there must be demonstration. There must be a manifestation. 
You know, the feminine aspect of God, which is within all of us, is about the tender hovering over the spiritual idea. It holds it. It sees it. It feels it. And then that idea must be expressed. It must manifest. It must be demonstrated. It has to take shape and become visible in our world. We have to demonstrate it. So today I'm just talking about honoring the father aspect of God, the formula of demonstration. It's not a religion to me. I originally got it from a unity minister by the name of Eric Butterworth in New York. And he learned, and I learned a great deal from him over time. You know, earlier in my career, even before I became a minister, he got me really interested in this work. And he devised a formula on how we can manifest or demonstrate our desires. And he called his formula the master formula of demonstration. The master formula of demonstration. And what he said is that whatever you can conceive in your mind, whatever you can believe in your heart to be a reality, you can achieve and actualize in and as your life. And the shorthand of it was that C plus B equals A. C plus B equals A. And he said it all starts with the desire to evolve from where we are to where we want to be. But we first have to answer an important question. What do we really desire? What do we really desire on a spiritual level? You know, oftentimes, genuine desire is not based upon what we want on a human consciousness level. That's on the surface. You know, human consciousness level looks like, you know, I want to be a millionaire. Or if you're a millionaire, you feel you're missing out, so I want to be a billionaire. Or you might want to say, you know, I want to live forever. And as I was singing earlier, that that song from fame, oh, I got to live forever. Something to that effect. Anyway, you don't remember. Or maybe, you know, the human part says, you know, I want to be tall, dark, and handsome. Or you just want to be tall if you're already dark and handsome. (laughs) All of that comes from human consciousness. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we want to demonstrate and materialize more than that. And that's okay at times to do that on a human level. But we want to understand there's a difference between materializing or, 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 or that, which is a form of demonstration, and spiritual demonstration. We're all materializing something all the time. Whether we're visualizing it consciously or unconsciously, and ultimately it begins to take place in our life and our life experience. So everyone, all of us, are always materializing something. Our things in our life, our circumstances in our life. And like I said, some of it we do it consciously. We're setting this law of mind and action in motion that we call it. We may put pictures in the world and around us and, and visualize and do visualizations. And, 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 and these things begin to unfold in our life. But spiritual demonstration is something else. Spiritual demonstration means that we're in league with a divine blueprint. We're in league with a spiritual pattern. As we're demonstrating, we're coming into more and more of who and what we are as spiritual beings. With every spiritual demonstration, there's involved a clear realization of our oneness with God. You know, oftentimes people are materializing things and they don't feel any closer to the presence of God than before the thing appeared in their life. You know, they get a lot of stuff and things, you know, becomes more complicated. They don't really necessarily feel more connected. You know, like I mentioned that my son was taking a year off from college. 
because of, you know, the, the pandemic. And so we've been working on some, you know, hip hop music. And, you know, we turned the room into a studio. So we've been watching some videos about the evolution of hip hop. And, and there's one guy named Biggie Smalls. And he came from a little nowhere and became really big in New York before he met his untimely death. But he had a line in there. He said, you know, all this stuff I've got in my life, but I realized more money, more problems. More money, more problems. And he realized that that's not spiritual demonstration. Spiritual demonstration is a surrendering, a seeing, a hearing, a listening, a, a, an obeying and yielding and declaring that this is the Lord, way the day the Lord has made. And we're here to rejoice in it and allowing that love of God to be anchored within us and expressed as us. So the first step in demonstration formula is conceiving which is releasing in that divine pattern within us. You know, just as the oak tree is already in the acorn, there's something within us waiting to be expressed that we want to tap into. So we're not holding on to this desire as a goal, like we're an empty vessel waiting to be filled up. We're not an empty vessel. We're filled with the presence and the qualities of God. Now, I know sometimes we talk to people, we know that we're, they're filled full of something, not necessarily the presence of God in our minds, but they always are. And that Father, Mother, God presence knows what we need of even before we ask. We just have to remember who and what we are. And if we ever have temporary amnesia, we simply ask or simply state to this presence, show me who I am. And I don't care how magnificent it is. I don't care how wonderful it is. I don't care how beautiful it is. I don't care how peaceful it is. Bring it on. Show me who I am so I can do and be what I've intended to be. That all kinds of material stuff will begin to show up. All kinds of demonstrations will begin to show up because we went there first to who and what we are. You know, I was talking to a person who was, at least in the relationship department, was being rebuffed over and over again. And she began to ask that question about, you know, show me who I am. And she began to understand that her relationship was to that divine flow and expression of love itself. And her true desire was to realize her oneness with God, her oneness with the divine companionship, her oneness with peace and divine love. And then what happened, there was a demonstration. Because what showed up was a friend. What showed up was a companion. But it wasn't that individual doing anything. It was just the activity of God being awakened in her awareness. So this desire that that we talk about and starts with that C is the conception. Conceive it. Connect with that true desire. And that's the first step. Then there's the B in the formula for demonstration. You know, the B is believing. Believing in the power of our mind. You know, like first we see it. We conceive that idea. We connect with that desire. And when we believe, it's not that we're thinking or believing that God is going to come down and do something special for us. As I say, God has already done it. It's simply our awareness, and we simply accept what God is, what God has been, and we're accepting the principle of what is already done. 
And part of our belief is the ability to see beyond the limited self-perceptions that we've accumulated and recognize there is a power within us, the Christ within us, the God within us that is our hope of glory, that is the divine pattern to everything that we want. Sometimes we may need others to tease that into our awareness and to activate that belief. You know, I have a photo of my father, and I don't have a lot of photos of him, but he's one photo that I keep in my room. And, and, uh, and I remember, you know, some memories when he was, when I was very young. And I remember I was in elementary school, and, you know, we had an assignment. The assignment was, you know, to write some poetry. And I don't know all the details of it, but I know I hated poetry. And I said, I had no way I can write any poetry. You know, that's, I thought at the time, oh, that's what girls write poetry. We don't write poetry. We play football and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> you know, you know I'm, how limited my consciousness was at the time. Please forgive me. And he said, you know, you can do this. Don't you believe you can do this? I, don't, I know you can do this. You, 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 can, you believe you can do this, right? And I said, absolutely not. No, I can't do this. And he kept badgering me about it and then eventually said, you know, I believe you can do this. Does that mean something to you? That I believe in you. And that activated something within me. And so we kind of co-wrote, you know, a poem together and, you know, submitted to the school, to the teacher. They put it in a little magazine. We got a little award for it. I say we because, you know, he helped me with it at the time. But the idea is that we want to capture that belief because it's already there. It's already done. We just need to capture it. So the second part of that formula of C plus B equals A is belief. Belief. And then we set ourselves up for the A, which is the achievement. And when it happens, it seems like it's like magic. Now, it's not magical. You know, all we've done is created the conditions that made the result inevitable. We captured a spiritual desire. We've affirmed it with our belief. We've uprooted it with our belief. We've, we've strengthened it with our belief. I believe when we do that, we're capturing an inner vision. An inner vision of our desire that is for a greater good than our human self. In this process, we simply... At that point, do what comes naturally to us. We simply do what our father's business is about in our day-to-day life. Now, it's not to say we just don't do anything. You know, we, like I said, we don't want to sit on our assets, so to speak. <laughs> you know, as the Quakers say, we have to pray and move our feet. Or as we say in our fifth step, and we read every week, you know, take action. Action is when we get in tune with the divine flow and the divine process. And what we do in that divine flow, actually, the, the, the results become natural because we're moving our free feet. Because as we're doing our part, as we're in tune with that presence, and we start doing our part that the best that we know how, then things start happening almost without trying. We open up a book. There's the answer to our problem. You know, we look around and we see a billboard and and, that, and that, oh, I didn't realize that's what I'm supposed to be doing. You're suddenly walking down the street, and they walk up to you and say, aren't you Reverend Trapp? I've been looking for you. Like I said, they wouldn't say that to you unless you look like me. But, you know, you get the idea. 
It's just at that moment they recognize that you recognize something is coming to you. You're not trying to make it happen. And it seems like it's magic. And along the way, we use our tools, particularly affirmations, and affirm up with our affirmation. And affirmation simply is, it simply adds firmness to our awareness, to our conscious oneness with the presence of God and all of its children, all of its qualities. It firms up our attunement with this divine flow, and we're not making it happen. We're not forcing it to happen. Rather, we're waking up to the realization that the divine has already happened in the mind of God, and we're just sitting in one with it. So this formula for demonstration, C equals conceive it. Access your true spiritual desire. B, believe it, even beyond the appearances. And, they, and then the achievement begins to happen. We often take our hands off of it, just kind of going about our business. So understand, as this Father's Day, we have inherited the business of God. And that is manifesting and demonstrating the ever-expanding good through conceiving, then believing, and then achieving. And along the way, we take our action. We take our action that's in tune with this presence. And it's not just frivolous activity. It's not just trying to solve a problem on the level of the problem where people have to say, oh, we got to do something about this. We got to make it happen no, we just have to see the truth. And then we'll be moved by the spiritual presence. And then heaven and love and peace and harmony will begin to happen. Bridges will begin to be built between men and women and cultures and so-called races. And we all have the realization there's only one race, and that's the human race and the spiritual race. Sometimes we get caught up so much in the human three-dimensional race. As Lily Tomlin said many years ago, and I'm dating myself, that even if you win the rat race, you're still a rat. Don't want to win that race. The understanding here is that we're here to be emanations of this God-Father presence. Responding, divine responders to this presence, to this loving energy. Coming out of the race of materialism only, but stepping into the glory of abundance and prosperity and opulence and joy and peace and harmony through spiritual demonstration. So we come to the other to agree. There is a divine pattern. There is a love here. This is a way of being here that's in tune with this bigger power we can agree that that's so. And then we begin to feel our way into it. We feel at an inner level there is some already fulfillment there. There's the answer there. And from that moment, we will be manifesting heaven, which is ever-expanding good, not a place, a state of consciousness. And our role is to simply keep coming back to that, keep coming back to that, keep coming back to that true desire, which is of God and our true self. And in our three-dimensional world, we don't ever try to solve a problem when we are upset because we'll build ourselves a bigger prison. We don't try to solve a problem when we're off kilter. We don't move until we, with the idea, oh, we got to do something about this. I don't know if you have people that come up to you, got to do something about this now. Please keep those people away from us. Sometimes they're even 
office holders running for office. They'll say, well, it's crime in the streets. We need more money for police officers. Yes, we need police officers, but we also need peace officers. We need more money for vision. We need more money for schools. We need more money for opportunities for people to understand who they are spiritually. We need more money to understand spiritual values, and then there'll be a transformation like never before because we're demonstrating the qualities of the spirit of the living God. We're here to be about our father's business. So if you didn't know it, you know it now. It's been given to us to reclaim this place through spiritual demonstration. It's already hid in our hearts, already hid in pure spirit. It is a mission possible to become those clear, pure places for its expression, its revelation and demonstration. And as we begin to align with that and demonstrate that, oh, healings begin to happen on all levels of life, between people, between cultures, our physical bodies, our emotional bodies, our, our spiritual bodies, because we're in league with this infinite something called the presence of God. And we get there when we practice the formula of demonstration, of conceiving, believing, and then achieving. Happy Father's Day to you. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Transforming lives As we love, serve, and remember Who we are One heart